Wow, do you realize what you have? Hallelujah. You don't you don't just play with this stuff. You woo. We've got some great things from God. I can't even describe, but see, don't take that for granted. Because it gets into just blab religion. It's 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 real, and when you make it real, you stay excited. You stay that way. It doesn't wane on you. Amen. But you can be seated. Okay, this is what I'm going to say. If, if you're not baptized in the Holy Ghost, I, we want to show you how important it is to partake of this wonderful gift. And if you are, you need to know how to aid and assist other people in receiving it. Because we're going to get to that point. Amen. So, um, wait, did I give her this? Oh, brother. Here. Okay, would you take... <laughs> I have to take all those scriptures and I wrote them out. So they have... <laughs> okay, so first we'll go to Acts 1, 3. Through five and verse eight. I was actually going to do this in Bible study, but then uh, I didn't. We got into other things, and um, so. But I think we need to show everybody. Oh well. Uh, do it out of the King James. Oh, now, okay. I gotta look at my Bible. Um, actually, go to verse two. So, see, this is it. it actually says it acts as a as a documentary, and it says the former treaties have I made, O Theophilus, of all Jesus began to do and teach. And they see they never were sure who wrote it, but I think it was Paul. <laughs> Okay, until, so for 40 days and nights, Jesus stayed on the earth and he taught his disciples. And verse 2 says, until the day when she was taken up, after that he, through the Holy Ghost, had given commands to the apostles whom he had chosen. Verse 3, to whom he showed himself alive after his passion, after his crucifixion, by many infallible, it means you, you, you can't refute them at all. Yeah. Infallible proofs. Being seen of them 40 days and speaking of the things pertaining to the kingdom of God. When we're born again, we're translated from the kingdom of darkness to the kingdom of God. Amen. We're walking in the kingdom of heaven. We got, we got access we're citizens of heaven. It's real. And being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the circle promise of the Father, which saith he, you have heard of me. What did I say there? Five, okay. For John truly baptized with water, but you shall be baptized to the overflowing with the Holy Ghost 
not many days hence. See, there's a difference. He's right there. He said there was a difference. Okay. So this baptism was predicted by John the Baptist before. Go to the next verse. 311. Words of John the Baptist. Now, I indeed baptize you with water unto repentance. Didn't John the Baptist do that? But he that comes after me is mightier than I, whose shoes I am not worthy to bear. He shall baptize you with the Holy Ghost and fire. <laughs> now, that, that same scripture is in every one of the Gospels. Not it's said in a different way because they had different personalities. It's in Mark 1.8, it's Luke 3.16, John 1.33, same thing. So, after this, Jesus was led to the desert by the Holy Ghost, right? Yep. 40 days and 40 nights. And he began his ministry. Okay, so the promise, this thing, it's always 40. 40 is a day, uh, uh, I, I'm trying to think of the word. It's like you don't have much more time. If you didn't get it now, <laughs> you better get it. I say I was 40 years old when I got born again. <laughs> and so, so the promise to the disciples began 10 days after the ascension. Okay, so Jesus ascended up into heaven, remember? <laughs> and 10 days later, then they all went. Okay, Acts 2, 1 through 4. Acts 2, 1 through 4. Okay, so, um, and when the day of Pentecost was finally come, fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. And suddenly, just like, <laughs> there came a sound from heaven as a rushing mighty wind. And they said it sounded like a train. Sounded like a uh, tornado. And it filled a right, you can tell by the Greek word. Rick Renner said that. <laughs> and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues. Cloven means clean. Like as of a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Now wait, leave that scripture for one second. Who spoke? The people did. The Holy Spirit gave them the utterance, but the per person has to speak. If you Now see, when you're receiving the Holy Ghost, you stand there and go, It's just like, you said, get out of the wheelchair. You're healed. So you just sit there. Same thing. You got to act. You got to open your mouth. Okay. I'm, I just want to remember that part. Okay. See, this was not the disciples' introduction into the kingdom of God. They were already born again because they were already part of that. Okay, without being born again, you cannot receive the fullness of the Holy Ghost. 
You must be born again. Amen. You must be. Absolutely. Or else, I, I'll tell you, I'll just put a little side note in here. Witches can, they can speak, but when, when you hear it, it's like, ugh. If you're born, oh my gosh, it's like icky. Or people can make, you know, uh, uh, anyway. Let me tell you this while I brought up a witch. <laughs> there was, there was a witch, what would you call, she was like as high in the witchcraft thing as a warlock would be. Um, and she wrote a book. She got born again and, and spirit-filled. And she said the one thing, she said that the witches, witchcraft people are not at all afraid of people who are born again but they're afraid of the tongue talkers because there's something, they, the power, they have power behind it. That's why you don't understand how much more powerful you become. You have no idea. Kenneth Hagin. So John 14, 12, so it says, the works I do you're going to do also, and even greater works than these shall he do, because I went to the Father. And this was part of it. Okay, born of the Spirit, I tell it, is, is verses baptized with the Spirit. So, in the new birth, the Holy Spirit comes to dwell inside a believer. And Romans 8, 9 clearly shows that. I'm just trying to proof. This is all proof. You know what? You would do good to put this down. When I, first time we went to uh, even a spirit-filled church, and it was in Omaha, and somebody took us. Some of you met this guy. He's, he's, real, he's in his 90s now. I think he visited us a few years ago. He was like getting a little, but um, um, he took us to a church in Omaha at night because we had gone to our church in the morning. Okay, and um, uh, the very, well, see, and then we started, we thought, well, you know what, let's try it one Sunday morning. <laughs> and, and we did, and we had teaching. What was I going to say? What was I going to say about it? Uh, I actually forgot what I was going to say. Okay, okay, thank you. So, so I went and I told the people in the Bible study that was the best teaching. I, I have never, I, those scriptures, the way he gave them in the order was better than anything I've ever seen. <laughs> and all the books <laughs> later that I understood or anybody, and I was writing it. It was a Bible study before church. And, and it was the pastor, it was Pastor Murdoch who's gone to heaven. He had uh, Trinity Church, which is now LifeGate. Okay, and he, uh, he taught that, and man, I was writing it down like crazy, because I was already filled, because the door did it in the bathtub, you know what I mean? So anyway, if you'd write these down in order, you can prove it, because there's too many people out here saying, and they're missing out. I mean... Because I love them. I'm not trying. I'm just because we want them to see the power behind this. Romans 8 says, but you're not in the flesh when you're, got, you know what? Even when you're born again, but in the spirit. If it's so be that the spirit of God lives in you. 
That's proof. I mean, there's a lot of proof that the Spirit of God lives in you. Now, if any man does ha doesn't have the Spirit of God living in him, he's not one of his. And he can't even be filled with the Holy Ghost. So the, the Holy Spirit is there to teach you, to um, correct you, admonish you, and to bear witness of certain things. So uh, John 14, 26 says, uh, this one out of the amp Amplified. Did I have that down? Yeah, I did. I don't remember. But the comforter, the counselor, the helper, the intercessor, the advocate, the strengthener, the standby, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name in my place. Okay. Whose place is he taking? Jesus' place. They got to walk with him. Guess what? He lives in us. <laughs> we're better off than we. He is. That they were. He lives in us. Do you really? He lives in us. Woo! <laughs> Whom the Father will send in my name, in my place, to represent me and act on my behalf. He will teach you. All things that he will cause you to recall. He will remind you of and bring to your remembrance everything I have told you. Okay. So now, but when the whole, but when you're born again, you are not automatically baptized with the Holy Spirit. And the proof is that they're not one and the same thing. Now, we're going to jump way to Acts 8. Because this shows some things. If you remember Acts 8, 9, and 10. <laughs> and, you know, even when you're showing this to someone, we're going to go back later to okay. Acts 8. What? Acts 8, 4. Or isn't it on there? Or on the slip of paper? Now, those who were scattered abroad, they were scattered abroad because they were getting persecuted. So they started, they started, it was called the diaspora. I learned that from Billy Brim. The diaspora, it just kind of like scattered because they were going to get killed. They were going to get, uh, you know, they persecuted and actually killed. <laughs> and uh, they wanted to stop this movement. And so they all moved away, but what happened was they start leading people to the Lord. <laughs> now, those who were scattered abroad went about through the land from place to place, preaching the glad tidings, the word, the doctrine concerning the attainment through Christ of salvation in the kingdom of God. So they were getting people saved. Philip, the deacon, not the apostle, went down to the city of Samaria and proclaimed Christ, the Messiah, to them, the people. Now later, you see, a deacon really is somebody in the ministry of helps. And when, that, that's what they are. I mean, they, they used to think they were like oh, the board, they were the big, you know. But deacons are. That's what you are. That's why the ministry of helps is so beautiful, you know. 
And but because Philip got to be, he was a deacon in the ministry of helps. Later, he became an apostle. <laughs> well, or go back on that one. Okay, so the deacon, not the apostle, but he later became. Okay, they went down and they preached, and great crowds of people. With one accord, listened to and heeded what was said by Philip as they heard him and watched the miracles. Uh, he was in the ministry of helps. He was performing miracles. And wonders, which he kept performing from time to time. And foul spirits came out of many. Demons came out who were possessed by them, screaming and shouting with a loud voice, and many who were suffering from, from uh, being uh, palsy, well, palsy was they, they couldn't move. Yeah. The, and, and they were crippled and they were restored to health. Just think, Philip was doing all this. He was in the ministry of helps. And there was a great rejoicing in the city. Okay. So, well, so the gospel was preached and believers... And believed by the city of Samaria. And they were they and then it says they were baptized in water. And it was a sign, that was a sign of entrance into the body of Christ. You need to be baptized in water to show the devils and other people and the saints in heaven that you're in the body of Christ. It does not make you born again, though, if you haven't received Jesus in your heart. It's a fallacy. People can get baptized and don't know Jesus and they'll go to hell. They go, wow. You know what? That happened to Kenneth Hagin. He was baptized in the Baptist church and he went to hell three times. The little pamphlet is there. It's so interesting. He was taken to hell by demons. He was dying. He was not born again, and he thought he was. Many people think they are, and they're not. That's really dangerous. Okay, okay. so they were baptized. That was the entrance in. Now, in Acts 8.16, put that one up. I'm not sure I put it up. For he had not, oh, okay, maybe the verse before. See, I didn't have time. To, and they came down and prayed for them that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit. Um, you know what? I need to be going to these in my Bible because I wasn't sure how much to put in there. Um, I did this too fast. Sorry, folks. Okay, 816. Let me see what's right before it. Okay. Let me read 14, because I want you to understand how, how this worked. When the apostle, okay, I'm reading on the wrong one. Now, when the apostles which were in Jerusalem heard that Samaria had received the word of God, they sent Peter and John to them, who when they were come down, they prayed for them that they might receive the Holy Ghost. Well, hey, folks, they were born again. Didn't they have the Holy Ghost? Yeah. They already did, but they didn't have the fullness of the Holy Ghost. And everybody's supposed to receive this. For as yet he was fallen upon none of them. 
I remember going to a, a camp meeting with Kenneth Hagin when we were first born again, and I noticed how he said, he said, when the Holy Ghost, when it comes upon you is when you're filled. He comes in you to actually work on your spirit to prepare it to receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost. So everybody's supposed to be and everybody can be. Pray in a prayer language. Okay. I just, I've, I've, I didn't, never mind. <laughs> okay. So they sent Peter and John, some of the apostles, and they came down and prayed for them that the Samaritans might receive the Holy Spirit, for he had not fallen on any of them. They'd only been baptized into the name of the Lord Jesus. And the apostles laid their hands on them one by one, and they received the Holy Spirit. Now, um, there was a uh, uh, the guy who was kind of in witchcraft was Simon. It's the next verse. When Simon saw that the, through the laying on of hands, the apostles' hands, the Holy Ghost was given, he says, hey, I'll pay you money. Give me this power so that when I lay hands on people, they'll speak in tongues. <laughs> See? But Peter said, your money perish with thee, blah, 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 blah. And they actually said, you know, he had a, he, see, you could, he probably got born again, but you can have a demon in the flesh oh, yeah, you can. that you might need to get rid of. And he was practicing junk, you know? And um, see, I, I want you to know all of this because this, it's just so important. So see, right there, it, it said when they had not fallen on them, you could see the new birth and the baptism of the Holy Ghost are not one and the same thing. Now, the manifestation came, though, when the apostles laid hands on them. Now, Acts, okay, I'll say this much. It doesn't really say right there that they spoke with tongues in that chapter. But why, what did Simon, that sorcerer, see? What, was that his name? Yeah, Simon. He saw, he saw something and heard something, or he wouldn't have, wouldn't have, he, he had to. They say, well, I'll, bat, I'll fill you with the Holy Ghost. And if he didn't see anything, he wouldn't have wanted that power. Because he wanted that power to do that same thing, lay hands on people so they, they could do it. So it, it really, what else would it be? That's what it would be. <laughs> okay, now go to Acts 9. And I recommend, we're going to read a lot in that one. <laughs> okay, now you all know Saul was Paul, right? So they're talking about Saul. Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter, Against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest and got letters. I'm going to kind of skip. And, and, and he came and journeyed to Damascus, verse 3. And he fell all of a sudden, on verse, in verse 3, 9, 3, there shined round about him a light from heaven. And Paul, Saul, rather, fell to the earth and heard a voice saying, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Now just think, 
When we get persecuted, Jesus feels it. Isn't that cool? Why do you persecute me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you persecute. It is hard for you to kick against the pricks. In other words, it's hard for you to just keep resisting this and resisting this. Say, it doesn't exist. It all's been burned up and it's from hell and it's of the devil. I've heard all that stuff. God, if only, I know I could just cry because it's been so much to me. You can't imagine. I, I honestly could cry because it's real and we need it. And he trembling and astonished said, Lord, that was Saul who was killing families. He was putting that separating children, even killing the children, killing the whole family. And, um, and he went, and he trembling. See, it, it was like a lightning strike, but God uses the elements to do, and it, okay. He trembling and started, he said, Lord, what are you going to have me to do? And the Lord said, arise and go into the city, and, I, and you'll, somebody else is going to tell you what you must do. And verse 7, the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. Paul saw Jesus. And the Saul rose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. What does that mean? He saw no man. He was blinded. He was blind. He got blind from a lightning. It was lightning strike, but it was from, from God. <laughs> but they, they had led him by the hand and brought him to Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat or drink. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And, and Jesus said to her, in a vision, the Lord appeared to him, and he said, Ananias, behold, I'm here, Lord, he said. Now, this, the book of Acts is going to happen again. You are born again, many of you, and spirit-filled. Maybe some aren't. But you can be used this way. We are to finish the book of Acts. Ananias was just somebody that was born again. He was a, worked in the ministry of helps. And the Lord said to him, Arise, Ananias, and go into the street called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas for one called Saul of Tarsus. For behold, he prays. And he has seen, Saul has seen in a vision, a man named you, Ananias, coming in and putting his hand on him. And when you do, he's going to receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, I have heard by many of them how much evil he does to the saints. He got, yikes, I got to go to this guy. Do you understand? Yeah. I got to go to this guy that kills Christians and puts them in jail. <laughs> Are you kidding? <laughs> But here he had the authority from the chief priest to bind all that call on thy name. Uh, Saul did. Okay. But the Lord said, go your way, for he is a chosen vessel to me to bear my name to uses, the Gentiles. See, just the Jewish people had heard about getting born again. And the children of Israel. And I'm going to show you how great things that... Paul or Saul must suffer for my sake. 
And Ananias went his way and entered into the house. He put his hands on Brother Saul. He said, Brother Saul. Because <laughs> he knew he had gotten born again. Why did he get born again? Now, it was another thing that Pastor Rick, he said, because he called him Lord right off the bat. <laughs> and even, I bet, you, I bet you learned that in Bible college, didn't you guys? And I mean, I had to learn this stuff myself, but God put me in the right place all the time. And putting his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared to thee in the way as you came, has sent me that you might receive your sight and be filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and immediately there fell from his eyes as scales. I could tell you what. Right now, there can be people who don't care what, and I see them go, there's nobody doing that. <laughs> but, but I've seen it, and it's like, I don't, uh, I can't. That's scales on your eyes. And watch out, because there's a demon going just like this, trying to hide it from you. you got to resist that. We need to know what we need to know. I'm just, I, I'm saying all this because I love you. I, it's, it's just so important. There fell from his eyes scales, and he received sight forwith. He, he received his sight. He not only could see physically, but he was starting to see spiritually. And they baptized him. And when he had received meat, he was strengthened. And then was Saul certain days with the disciples. And he, oh God. So he was, on, he was on the road. He addressed the risen Christ as Lord and obeyed. And Paul said this was his witness of the resurrection. In other words, he got born again. And Ananias laid hands on him, one of the deacons or the per person in the ministry of help, and he received, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. Now, it doesn't say anything that he spoke with tongues in that one either. You see, I can remember Pastor Eric saying, okay, and then, then he said, later, but you know what? Later, Paul put up 1 Corinthians 14, 18. I thank my God I speak with tongues more than you all. <laughs> so you know he spoke with tongues, right? Okay. So uh, now let's go to Acts 10. Now this one, this one, all of this stuff was just for the Jewish people. And now Cornelius, though, was not a Jew. He was one of us. He was a Gentile. But look what he was doing. I'll read it to you because it's, it's so interesting. <laughs> Chapter 10. Now there was a man. Now I'm, I'm, I actually wrote in my Bible because I learned this too. This was 10 years from Pentecost. 10 years later and the Jewish church only were the ones who received all this. Now there was a certain man in Caesarea called Cornelius, a centurion of the Italian band, a devout man and one that feared God with all his house, just think, which gave much alms to the people. He, he gave to the poor all the time, and he prayed to God always. And he had a vision because of this. He, had a, he saw in a vision evidently at the ninth hour of the day an angel of God coming to him, 
And he said to Cornelius, and when he looked on him, he was fearful. Well, if you saw an angel, you get, you know, kind of go, what is it, Lord? And he said, thy prayers and thy giving of alms to the poor are come up for a memorial before God. And now send men to Joppa and call for one Simon, whose surname is Peter. Okay, so now Peter was living with, uh, with a, a, a somebody, who, a tanner, whatever they did with, I don't know what they did, but it was, canvas yeah, canvas stuff, yeah, because Peter had done that before and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, but they were by the seaside, and um, so what happened was Peter was up on the roof praying, we'll make this short, <laughs> because otherwise we'd have to read all this. But, um, and he was hungry, and they were preparing lunch downstairs. <laughs> and he thought, well, I'm just going to pray. And while he, pray, while he was praying, he went into a trance. And all his, that means all of your uh, senses are suspended. <laughs> and um, that's possible too. There were people way in the early in the late 1800s and 1900s that going into trances and standing there yep. <laughs> like a lady. <laughs> anyway, but um, uh, he, he had a vision and it was kind of weird. There, there was a, a heaven opened and a vessel came and it had um, let down to the earth and it contained all kinds of of uh, four-footed beasts of the earth and stuff that Jewish people were not allowed to eat. You know that. Because some of the Jewish people still do that. And then all of a sudden, he had a vision and it says, it rise up, Peter, kill these and eat them. And he said, no, Lord, for I've never eaten anything that's ceremonially unclean. And the voice came to him again a second time. And what God has cleansed and pronounced clean, do not you defile and profane by regarding and calling common and unhallowed and unclean. In other words, now you can eat it. <laughs> and this vision came down three times to him. Okay? Meanwhile, all these men... From, from Cornelius's house, you know, the guy who was a Gentile, but he was a rich man, and he had sent his servants. And they found, ironically, they found this house. <laughs> that was another thing. And um, they were coming to the door. And so Peter was going to go down, and he was thinking about, but he didn't know what that vision meant. And these three men came, came there. Oh, I have in here, though, an angel told them where to go. I wrote it in there. It was an angel who directed them. I'll tell you, supernatural things are going to happen. Woo! <laughs> and he said, go up and accompany them without any doubt. Now, I'm reading out of the Amplified. Verse 20. Arise and get down and go with them, doubting nothing, for I have sent them. So Peter went down to the men, which, which came from Cornelius, and they said, I am he who, I'm on verse 21, whom you seek. What's the cause? Why, why you came? 
And they said, Cornelius and blah, blah, blah. They told him he had a vision and he uh, and, and said to send for Peter and um, an angel brought him there. And so he said, go with them. And then Peter said, oh, that's what he meant. Because they were not even supposed to go into those Gentiles' houses and eat with them. Okay. Well, so Peter, do you read it for yourself. <laughs> yeah. Because it is interesting. <laughs> okay. So Peter opened his, you know, he just preach to them about salvation and, and, and all that stuff. And look what happened, because it's, it's 49, 48 verses long. Go to verse 44. And with these, we'll put up. You know what? Put it up in the Amplified this time. Well, just leave it, King James. Sorry, John. While Peter spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on them. And I, now see, I circled heard. Heard the word. You could sit there and not hear the word. You got to hear it. You got to be interested. You're going to be sorry if you're not, because you're getting good teaching. <laughs> I'm not saying that pat myself. This is from the Holy Ghost. Verse 45. And they of the circumcision, which believed the Jewish people, they were, wah! They were astonished. As many as came with Peter, because on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, Can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well? As we. One more verse is there. And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, interested to water. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Okay, so I've had people argue with me. That said, that said, I got all of the Holy Ghost I want. I got born again. I got the Holy Ghost. Oh, I, I can tell you that's being taught. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> I talked about this when I was a teacher. Okay. Remember, I was on the, uh, taking him to Lincoln. To, uh, yep. And, um, yep, I got all of the Holy Ghost I, I didn't need. And uh, not everybody has this. It's passed away, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> but it hasn't. And it's necessary. And it's necessary for little kids. <laughs> I don't want to embarrass John, but <laughs> when I was taking care of when he was four or five, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> and I can say Victoria is too. She's filled with the Holy Ghost. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because <laughs> I've heard her speak in tongues. Um, yeah, so chapter 11 and verses 15 and 16. I got it starred here. <laughs> okay. What is this about? 
Oh, okay, so then, you know, when Peter went back up to Jerusalem, they got kind of mad at him. And they said, what are you doing? Going to that Gentile's house and you eating with them and doing all this. And then he, he actually said, she said to them, and as I began to speak, the Holy Ghost fell on them just like it did on us Jewish people at the beginning, at the day of Pentecost. And then remembered I the word of the Lord, how he said, John indeed baptized with water, but you will be immersed or baptized with the Holy Ghost. So, I mean, that's a significant verse right there, too. So the new birth and the baptism on these people occurred at the same time. It did it occurred at the same time? Because <laughs> you know, really the thing is you're supposed to get born again. You, you get baptized with water and then get filled with the Holy Ghost. <laughs> but it doesn't make any difference. Do you see? God doesn't care as long as you get it all. <laughs> and that that see and. And really, we saw this at the revival in Samaria, yeah. that but the first one I told you about. See, now, it's not the same, though. The Samaritans would not have needed, uh, needed, F what did I say there? Oh, okay. Well, I got to know what I'm talking about, so I'm going to skip that. <laughs> okay. So there's distinct works and there's distinct manifestations. Being born again and baptized with the Holy Ghost are two distinct works of the Spirit of God. Now let's go back to John 4, 14. Now know this, water is often used as a symbol of God's Spirit. So, now, Jesus was at the well in Samaria, and um, he was at the well, and he was talking to this woman because his disciples had gone to get something to eat, and they said, why don't you sit here? And she started to talk to him. I really need to turn there myself. John 4. When we led people in the prison into the, the baptism of the Holy Ghost, we'd start there. We actually started with John 4. And we started putting scriptures right after John 4. Now jump to this one and jump to that one. Okay. So the woman said, Sir, are you greater than our father Jacob, which gave us this well and drank himself? Now the Samaritans were half Jewish and half Gentile. And there was prejudice against them from the Jewish people. And Jesus answered and said, whoever drinks, in verse 13, whoever drinks of this water, just the well water, you know, you take a drink of water out of the faucet, shall thirst again. But whosoever drinks of the water that I shall give him shall never thirst. That's getting born again. But the water I shall give him shall be in him a well of water springing up into everlasting 
life. Now go to John 7. It's like a well, though. Now, a well just sits there, right? A well just sits there. Get what I'm saying? Does a well just sit there? John 7. <laughs> okay, verse 38, 37, 38, and 39. Yeah. In the last day, that great day, of the feast, Jesus stood up and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come to me and drink. Let him get born again. But he that believes on me, as the scripture has said, out of his belly shall flow rivers. There's a difference between a river and a well. Rivers of living water. Go ahead. But this he spake of the Spirit which they that believe on him, they believe in Jesus first, should receive, for the Holy Ghost was not yet given when Jesus hadn't died on the cross yet, right? Because Jesus was not yet glorified in his resurrection, or so forth, okay, from the dead. So a river flows outwardly to give help and substance to others, right? Okay, now I'm going to add this to it. I wasn't going to, but I'm going to because, okay. This, in the Old, you know, the Old Testament is a type and shadow of the New Testament. And um, in Exodus, it talks about them, you don't have to, in 14.22, it talks about the Israelites passing through the Red Sea. Now, that's a symbol of water baptism and separation from the world. Then it mentions in Joshua 3, before the nation could pass into the promised, say promised, promised, promised land, they had to cross another impassable physical bar barrier, the Jordan River. And God parted the waters again. But this was the second set of Israelites who were going to go into. You know, the other ones, they didn't believe. They said, oh, the giants, oh, this, that. They had to go back in the wilderness and they died for 40 years. And Joshua and Caleb were left. And Joshua and Caleb and all the, the ones that died, their children were coming in. They had to go through the Red Sea. <laughs> okay. So, see, that was a type of the filling of the, of the Holy Ghost. And God parted the, it doesn't, and people have said, well, that symbolized, it was the promised land. And they said it symbolized uh, going to heaven. Ah, when they went in there, they had giants to fight. Do not we have giants to fight on this earth? We need the filling of the Holy Ghost. It is, it is, it's a... Now, I'm going to show you because it was called the promised land that the word promise was said over and over. Luke 24, 49. By Jesus, Luke 24, 49. It's a type and a shadow. God's trying to teach us. And behold, I send what? You said. Everybody. 
Behold, I stand what? <laughs> I mean, the promise of my Father upon you, upon you, the filling of the Holy Ghost, not the indwelling. <laughs> I send the promise of my Father, but tarry ye, wait in the city of Jerusalem until you be endued with power from on high. Power. That's another thing. Okay, the next, did I give those to you? Wasn't uh, Acts 1 4? The next one. And being assembled together with them, they commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the of the Father, the what? Promise of the prop, the promised land, <laughs> which saith he, you have heard of me. Okay, then Acts 2, 33. <laughs> Therefore, being by the right hand of the Father, now the, you know, the Holy Ghost had come to, to the disciples and they went all over the place. They thought they were drunk and everything else, blah, 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 blah. Therefore, then Peter started preaching and he said, being... Therefore, being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has said forth this, which you now see and hear. What was it? <laughs> Go ahead. Um, then the next one was 39. For the promise was just for a little while and it was going to fade away and pass away. It says, no, the promise is unto you and your children and to all those way far off. <laughs> Us. <laughs> Even as many as the Lord God shall call. He's calling you, but... Okay, so there is a difference in being born again. The Spirit comes to live within. He actually comes to live within to prepare your spirit, the wineskin, to make it new because you can't pour fullness into an old wineskin. Do you get what I'm saying? And that's actually true in the natural because it'll burst. You know, those things that cowboys would drink from. I mean, those, you know what I mean? And if they, well, see, when they, and they would put, you can't, see, it's the new wine. <laughs> it's the difference of being born again. Now I'm saying it again. The spirit inside of you, it's, it's not one of kind. Then there's, there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And it's a manifestation more so of the presence of God. And it endues you with super, super, super natural power of God. Acts 1.8. I know it jumps around, but in order. <laughs> Acts 1.8. It says, but you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And you shall be, start getting bolder. 
You'll get witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to North Bend and Scribner and Dodge and Howells and, <laughs> and Nickerson and, and um, <laughs> the Cedar Bluffs and uh, Wahoo and uh, blah, 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 blah. And unto the uttermost parts of the earth. Okay, where was I in my notes? Okay, it's not a requirement. Now, It, okay, it's not a requirement for, I, I don't want to put it that way, not a requirement for salvation, yeah. but salvation is a requirement to receive the yeah. baptism, the fullness of the whole, you've got to be born again, that's the only prerequisite, you have to be born again, it is, it's a requirement for operating in God's supernatural power, now I put some notes in here, Acts 1-8, power, it's dunamis power, yes. dynamite, explosive yes. power. That's what it means in the, in the Greek. It's the most powerful force in the universe. More powerful than any existing nuclear power on earth. Power for what? Power to witness. Power for boldness. Power to be set free from bondages of alcohol. Bondages of drugs, bondages of hurt, bondages of being sexually abused, bondages of rejection, bondages from the past. Power to do what? God has appointed you to do in what God has appointed you specifically to do in your life. Power to be healed. By praying in the Holy Ghost, you can get rid of that I've been abused mentality yeah. and depression. The Holy Ghost is a comforter, a counselor, an advocate. Uh, uh, yeah, help me, everybody. An intercessor, comforter, helper, a standby, and a strengthener. Yeah. You know, I just think of this. So when Mark died, I mean, I has a comforter. I need you. I still need him for that. You know, you're standing by us. He was all those things. But I called on his names because I knew you can know those things by heart. Okay, you can oh, see, be a sincere Christian. Be a real Christian. What's the sense of piddling around with something just a little bit down here? It gets exciting when you get up there further. Get, just go all the way, and then it's then it's it's fun. <laughs> okay. Um, where was I? Okay. Now receiving the gift of the a Holy Spirit poured out on the day of Pentecost is available today to whoever will ask for it and receive it by faith. I have had said to me more than once especially because I taught that homeschool and had, okay, that it's of the devil. Go to Luke 11. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and Ken says, how come it's not in the bars? <laughs> now listen to people. 
11. Um, I'm going to read from 9 to 13. Jesus' words, and he said, Ask, and it shall be given to you. I say to you, ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek. How do you seek? Man, I go through the Bible. Get jumped from one. You see how we jump from one scripture to the other? You go, but it starts to prove stuff. God wants you to seek. And you shall find. Knock, and it shall be opened to you for Everyone that asks, receives, and he that seeks, finds, and to him that knocks, it shall be open. Now, if Wyatt asks Lonnie for a piece of bread, <laughs> and he's, he's Wyatt's father, and would he give him a stone to eat? <laughs> or if he asked Lonnie for a fish, would he ask you for a fish? <laughs> Will he give him... A serpent instead? Will he give him maybe a worm or a... <laughs> or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion, a spider? <laughs> if you then, being evil... now See, now, <clears throat> we're not as good as... Right? On earth, in our flesh, we're not as good as God is. Right? If you, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to them that ask him? You know, um, it actually says in the Bible, anyone who blasphemes or comes against the Holy Spirit, it is a sin that cannot be forgiven. Where is that at? I should have looked. Right Anybody know right on? Uh, if uh, anyone who blasphemes the Holy Ghost or comes against the Holy Ghost, it says they, they can actually sin against Jesus, but not the Holy Ghost. It's a sin that cannot be forgiven. Who knows? I should have looked it up. Thank you. Mark? Uh, let me read it out of the Amplified. First, let me read 28, or put it up there out of the Amplified. Truly, this was Jesus speaking. Truly and solemnly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven, the sons of men, and whatever abusive and blasphemous things they utter, if they ask for forgiveness. But... Whoever speaks abusively against or maliciously misrepresents the Holy Spirit can never get forgiveness, but is guilty of and is in the grasp of an everlasting trespass. <laughs> and um, now let me read this. For they persisted in saying, they were talking about Jesus. Jesus has an unclean spirit, they said. And his mother and his brothers came and standing outside, they sent word to him, calling for him. 
And the crowd was sitting around him, and they said to him, Your mother and your brothers and your sisters are outside asking for you. And he replied, Who is my mother and my brothers? And looking around on those who sat in a circle about him, he said, See, see, here is my brothers and sisters and my mother. And whoever does the things God wills is my brother and sister and mother. In verse 21 of that chapter, it says that when those who belonged to him, his kinsmen, heard what he was saying, they went out to take him by force because they thought he was, well, listen to this, for they kept saying he's out of his mind. Beside himself, he's crazy, he's deranged. And the scribes who came down from Jerusalem said, he's possessed by Beelzebub. And by the help of the prince of demons, he is casting out demons. They said he was crazy. His mother and his brothers at that time. Folks, I'm telling you, there's some things we need to know. It was because, because of that. But he, but he kept going on. And that's what we need to do. A lot of times. Yeah, I know it does. Okay. Okay, I better hurry up. Okay, so when you're baptized with the Holy Ghost. Okay, in, in Acts 2.38, it said it was a free gift. Uh, there's a warning in uh, 1 Corinthians 14. Didn't we, did we go over that? Verse 21 and 39. Oh, yeah. It is written in the law by men of strange languages... And by the lips of foreigners will I speak to this people. And not even then will they listen to me, says the Lord. Thus unknown tongues are meant for a supernatural sign, not for believers, but for unbelievers on the point of believing. While prof That's talking about prophecy. Okay, verse 39. So to conclude, my brethren, earnestly desire and set your hearts on prophesying, that's something else, okay. And at the end, do not forbid or hinder speaking in unknown tongues. Hebrews 13, 8 says, the word of God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. You cannot change it. So, you know what? Maybe we will put Isaiah 28, 11, and 12. King James. Put it in the King James. Isaiah 11, 28, 11, and 12. I know this is kind of like going to school. But <laughs> For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith you may cause the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing, yet they would not hear it. This was prophesied by Isaiah that they wouldn't hear this. Go ahead. But the word of the Lord was unto them, precept on precept, precept on precept, line on line, line on line, here a little, there a little, that they might go and fall backward and be broken and snared and taken uh, 
Uh, Wherefore, hear the word of the Lord, you scornful men that rule this people in Jerusalem. Okay, but there's, there was more. Where, what am I missing on that, Kev? Second Peter chapter 3, verse 15 and 16. Okay. Said, yeah, it does. I'll, I'll say it. Okay. Yeah. Okay, when, when you're not filled with the Holy Ghost, honest to God, you don't have the revelation knowledge of the whole Bible. You don't, and so you don't understand what all that means. And that's why it's important to have it. Why would you think that just, I mean, I didn't even know I was born again. And I'm saying to the Lord in the bathtub, well, I did. Yeah, I did because I'd gone to Women's Glow and then I knew what it was, but I had asked Jesus in my heart a long time ago. And, and, and so I was singing, hallelujah, hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. Love you. Just making up stuff. And, uh, and all of a sudden, I start singing Zaza Zia Zuzu. I remember it was Z's. I went, what was that? <laughs> and then a couple of weeks later, there was another Women's Globe meeting, and Elsie Popkins said to me, You know, when you get born again, there's more you can get. You can get filled with the Holy Ghost, with the evidence of speaking in tongues. And I, it was so sacred to me what happened, I never told anybody. And it was too sacred for me to even tell her. I already received it. I knew right away what it was then. <laughs> Remember, she took me home. I didn't. Something was wrong with the car or something. And, and, uh, and I couldn't wait till she left because I was going to try to talk, talk in straight language. So why would he do that? To push forward. Okay, so see. Even Galatians chapter 1 verse 7 says you're cursed if you don't. Yeah. I just have a... See, uh, if, if they're, they're important because you're robbed of blessings. And people say, it isn't for everyone. I've even known people of a spirit-filled church, which, which actually went out when a certain pastor came in because he wasn't spirit-filled. The other one was very spirit-filled and operated in the gifts of the spirit a lot. And um, you're robbed of blessings. Uh, and you know what? See, and the, the gifts of the Spirit should be operating. They're ju just so much. There's proof. And, and there's proof of this whole thing. Um, and I'm, I'm going to... Yeah, right. Second Peter. Yeah. Yeah. Second Peter. I, I will. Right. Yeah, Paul, uh, Paul wrote most of the things that are more difficult to understand. And you can understand, I will. Second Peter, okay, calm down. Okay, Second Peter, what was the, uh, three, four, 15 and 16. Okay. An account that the long-suffering of our Lord is salvation, even as our beloved brother Paul, also according to the wisdom given unto men, has written unto you. And also in his epistles, speaking in them of these things, in which are some things hard to be understood, which they that are unlearned and unstable, they talk about them, they rest them, they yeah. dispute them, yeah. 
as they do also the other scriptures unto their own destruction. Because if you're not spirit-filled, you will not understand. You're not going to understand stuff. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. You cannot add or, or take away from the Bible, and people are doing it. And I, I am telling you, it is a dangerous thing. Because the Bible is the same, wait, wait, the same today, yesterday, and forever. And we may go over other things because I want to get into the, but the first thing I had to do was teach that tongues is right. And you can receive it all by yourself as long as you're born again. And you say, and it, I'll tell you what, no human being is the baptizer in the whole. They lay hands on you, and that was only because uh, that Kenneth Hagin, or, you know, they started to just lay hands on him to give him more of an anointing to do that. But, but uh, Jesus is the baptizer. He baptizes you in the Holy Ghost. And I can tell you people... Everybody I have ever led into baptism of the Holy Ghost. Later they said, the devil told me I was making it up. Yeah, and they let it go. Right. And they let it go. Yep. That was the number one thing. He'll come to you immediately. You just keep moving in it. You keep moving in it. Like a baby. It might be ba ba ba. Oh, this is stupid. No, it's not. It's the beginning of it. A baby can't talk. You do it. Here's another thing. People think it has to be, oh, I'm going to go, oh, you know, you're not. I've had people, I'll tell you one of them, Angela Witt. Okay. She said, I want to be filled. When she first heard it, she came to our church. So I said, okay, we're going to go in the office because it was after church and it was on a Wednesday. I remember it. That was at the old church. And she sat, sat in that thing, and, and she sat there, and I could, t I could tell, though, she got real red in her face. She had somewhat of a, of a more of a manifestation, and she was like, oh, see, see, her lips, right now, my lips couldn't even hardly stand not to say that. It just, it came out. Okay, then I've had other people where they just went like this. And they did it. And it's the same thing as I, okay, you're sitting in a wheelchair and you can't walk. And you're going to come up to you for healing. And you know what? You just sit there. You have to act. You have to try to get up. <laughs> with, with all miracles. And things like that. You have to, you, you have to act. Now, this is a huge thing. There was a guy, an older guy. I could, he was godly. I know he was born again totally. I could never get him to receive. But you know what? Then I got the answer was because you have to receive it by faith. You have to trust the Lord. And I'm not trying to put him down. But it just seemed so, he, he just thought that every, a lot of people think that, so I'm going like this, and oh my gosh, oh, you know, I'm going to, and it's not necessarily true. Right. However, there is that one older lady, she sat there, I remember, in Christ Alive's basement, 
And I remember she said she wouldn't stop. <laughs> it was time to go home. <laughs> and we were watching the Hunter videos, but she wouldn't stop. I mean, she just, she just went, and she called me the next day and she said, I couldn't stop. I, was, <laughs> I could hardly sleep that night. Now there's people like that that'll happen to. There's other ones that just receive it and they got it. Yeah. And they've got, you've got to receive and say, I took it by faith. I receive it because I trust God and I'm going to keep doing it and saying it. And you, it's just like a baby learning to talk. Da, da, do, 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 da, da. You know. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? He does. I mean, you, you do it. Do you understand where I'm coming from? Okay, I'm telling you, I've been a Christian 43 years. And I've had a lot of experience with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I've not said much about it lately. But I've had, at the beginning, I was, this was the charismatic movement, and it, it was easy for people to receive, too. But you have, this, this is a, a thing we're going to have to have in these last days. And I've been baptizing the Holy Ghost for 43 years. And I'm not talking water baptism, I'm talking... Speaking in tongues and singing in tongues. And that's who taught me Bible college, the Holy Ghost, more or less. I did have a little bit of training, but um, I'm not saying that, you know, but you, you just, and I've got so much material. Here's another one, and I'll stop pretty quick. Now, you can go home if you don't have it and try it. You do it. Jesus is the baptizer. You just say to him, I desire to speak with tongues. Jesus, I know you're my baptizer in the Holy Ghost. We're not talking about water. Filled. This is filled. So you have the Holy Ghost, but he's just sitting there. You want to be filled. <laughs> Glass of water that you pour it in and... It, it runs over, spills like a river, like a flood. It is a flood. That's just what it is, is a flood. Wait, let me, let me read some of this, just one thing here. Dr. Carl Peterson of Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, is a brain specialist doing research on the relationship between the brain and praying in tongues. Amazing things were discovered. Through the research and testing, Dr. Peterson found, as we pray in the spirit or worship in the spirit, there is activity that begins in our brain. As we engage in our heavenly language, the brain releases two chemicals that are directed into our immune system, giving it a 35 to 40 percent boost and this promotes healing in our bodies now I will say this it isn't on this one but it is similar to that thing about laughing it increases the dopamine in your brain and God has given it he calls it dopamine isn't that ironical because people try to get it from dope <laughs> 
But this is, God provided for that. It's called dopamine. And it makes you feel high. You know, another way to get it is running. But I'm not talking about the Holy Spirit. That's the, that's the world's way. But see, it, it, that'll help you. God made provision to help you. Too. Physically. You know what I mean? Because it makes you feel better. You run and you, shoo, you get that, you know, or you do exercise or you, uh, that kind of thing. Or laughing does it. I mean, Holy Ghost laughing. <laughs> and it promotes healing. And see, that, that it triggers something. Amazingly, the secretion that is triggered from the part of the brain that, that they looked into has no apparent other activity in humans, except when they pray in the Spirit. It's triggered. It is only activated by Spirit-led prayer and worship. Truly, we are fearfully and wonderfully made and equipped for any obstacle that comes before us if we use our God-given weapons. I got so much accumulated. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm going to go over all this eventually. We're going to go over all that stuff. It, what it helps you to do, uh, why you should, it does all. Here's the 101 benefits. 101 benefits. I mean, it, it strengthens your inner man. Man, it helps you to do stuff that you couldn't. Well, Father, I just thank you. I thank you, Father, that what has been taught this morning, will the devil cannot steal. He will not steal the fruit that has been put into the people right now. And I thank you, Father, that they'll go home in their own private time and talk to the Lord. Just talk to him. In a, in, a, in a way that you would talk to your best friend and say, I desire this gift, God. I desire it, and I'm asking you to fill me and, this, and say, Jesus, you're the one who does it. <laughs> and he'll do it and start moving, start moving your lips, start moving your tongue. So I thank you, and I praise you, Lord God, that... Everything that's taken in, Lord God, that it will not return void, but shall accomplish what we please and even prosper, do way far over and above all that we even ask or think in the, in the thing for which we set it. In the name of Jesus, my hands are just buzzing. <laughs> so, you know what? You do it. Yeah. Amen. The Holy Ghost is real. You should not be ashamed of it. Don't deny it. Help other people. Get it. <laughs> it makes a huge difference in your life. Learn, learn this, how to, how to tell people. Look at it. You could do it much more simpler than I did. I just wanted to give you the full thing. <laughs> I mean, you know what I mean? So, all right, well, you're dismissed. Next week we'll receive communion.